This is the story of a beautiful place known as the happiest place on earth. And all of its history, its secrets, and its tricks that you may find if your mind believes in design. And you allow your heart to believe in magic. Step inside and become a citizen of Disneyland. Greetings, fellow citizens of Disneyland. Bricky here with this week's episode of Disneyland for Designers, where me and my co-host, Tony Mendez. Tony, what's up, bud? Good to see you. I feel like it's been a really long time since I've seen you. <laughs> That's an inside joke because it wasn't. We hung out all weekend when Tony came down to Anaheim to not only attend DesignerCon, but to be a part of the first ever Night of Marius Nights, which... Today's subject is Tony and I, academically speaking, have taken Marius Knights, divided it up into four major categories, which we've all given a alphabetical letter to it, A through F, F being worth zero points, A being worth four, and you can figure out the rest in between that space if you have a scratch piece of paper, if you want to play along at home, because essentially what we want to do is evaluate Marius Knights and give it an honest grade on what this new event means to Disneyland. As we discussed on last week's episode, our countdown to Christmas, some people are worried that this five night trial uh, could be what next year looks like to get a lot of the holiday offerings. I don't know that I see it that way, but I do know that we have each done our ballads in secrecy, given our honest opinion. So you will get my, the hardcore goes to Disneyland twice a week opinion, and Tony's goes to Disneyland twice a year opinion. Tony, are you ready to begin our critical review of Marius Nights at the Disneyland Resort? Yeah, let's get into it. Let's do it. Okay, so our very first category is this. We took the parties because when this event was dropped as we've talked about in other episodes they made the announcement on a friday tickets dropped on a monday which is pretty insane non-promotion of an event which you would think christmas at disneyland uh is already peak excitement peak disneyland and you knew it this year it'd be bigger than ever due to the fact that uh, there was no Christmas last year because of the Thanos snap. So therefore, when they gave out this announcement, it was pretty remedial. It gave you a pretty good description of what was going to happen on Main Street USA, a Victorian theme party with your hosts, Mickey and Minnie. But then as we got over to the other five parties, it just became more and more vague. And you even joked when they got to the last one, you're like, hey, because everybody loves Buzz Lightyear on Christmas morning. Yeah, it was just Buzz Lightyear for Tomorrowland, um, which I may have to be uh, e-crow a little bit, Mark, because I think I was very critical about Buzz Lightyear and well, 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 you guys will see. You guys will see. This will be good. Yeah. Yeah. When we get to that one, you you had a change of heart, which sometimes Disneyland can do. The things that we are the most excited about, Space 220, are sometimes the things that we're left uh, not being that excited about, but other things that we don't even really, you know, uh, get that pumped up about are the things like, whoa, I didn't see that coming. For example, when Avengers Campus opened, I just remember that morning being like, I can't believe how fluid this technology is. Like, I literally had childlike excitement when I did this the first time and I saw how efficient it was. And I don't really care for video game type uh, rides. So 
let's go through and evaluate because they promised us six different parties. So we're going to spend a lot of time in the opening here talking about the parties because that was the big attraction. And I did a video right out of the gate saying, who is Marius Knight's perfect for? And I said early on, people that had more money than time. Uh, Oogie Boogie's Bash, I could recommend to anyone. This being a new event, this being a slightly more expensive event. Uh, I didn't really know what to say as far as reviewing it because I hadn't been there yet. And I never want to be negative for the sake of being negative, but I also never want to be positive for the sake of being positive. I do a little thing called honesty and broadcasting where I always give my real opinion. Some people really appreciate that. Some people loathe it. I can't really care. I can only be me. Uh, That's the business that I'm in. But one of the things that scared me, Tony, and I talked about this in other uh, bits of media before you had joined along with me, was that when everything you're describing ends with and so much more, that to me says you don't know what you're doing yet. So it seemed a little hasty. It seemed like a quick release. And so everybody was going based on the whim that we believe in Disneyland, but what will these six parties be? So I had Tony and I take each of these parties, we rank them our least favorite to our most favorite. And we gave them each a typical report card score, which then I converted over to numbers. And then we will give the overall average of the parties. But just to give the parties one grade, I think would be unfair because they were each very, very different in their offerings. Yeah, for sure. Each uh, each land had its own designated theming, obviously, that we mentioned. Um, but I feel like the execution was uh, a little all over the place. And you'll see what we're talking about uh, once we get into these. But yeah, absolutely. All right. So we both had the same bottom one, our sixth favorite, which is as low as you can go. And quick asterisk or, or caveat to all of this is that Critter Country, Galaxy's Edge, those lands were closed. Once you got off the Haunted Mansion, the farthest you could go was right there and it said uh critter country is not open which that eliminates that portal into star wars galaxy's edge and for my old school disneyland friends well not really that old school like the last four or five years ago but all of the different tunnel ways that led into galaxy's edge uh from frontierland they had the benches up they had a cast member standing there i'm like whoa that takes me back to the old days when, you know, it's like, no, 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 you can't even go down there. You can't even see the wall anymore. Uh, so it was definitely interesting to have that sort of bizarro throwback in a year of so many weird throwbacks. But we both had at the very bottom Fantasyland where they promised a frozen themed party in Fantasyland. Uh, Tony, I will let me go first on this one because I was more critical. I gave it an F. And then you can tell everybody the score that you gave it. I gave it an F because of this. Fantasyland is the heart of the Disney magic, right? It caters to our younger citizens of Disneyland. It's the properties that we see when we're younger. And then we travel this the whole time. I mean, the reason why Peter Pan is always jammed is because people love it of all ages, because it's a journey we've been on our, our entire life. This is a land where you could really easily add a lot of holiday magic. In particular, you have the vacant Christmas shop, which I believe could have been, you know, a limited merch drop or some sort of limited engagement in that empty space. They probably have plans for it, but they could have maybe did something temporary over the holidays, which would have made it really cool. 
what they did was they used those platforms over the small world promenade, the small world mall, and they just had an ongoing cast of frozen characters coming and going. I hear frozen party in Fantasyland. I'm thinking they're going to be pumping snow. I I think that I'm going to be hearing Let It Go play, um, not just a character meet and greet. And the other reason why I gave Fantasyland an F, which is the lowest score you can give it, is the entertainment offering of the band was the worst entertainment offering of the evening. They had a six-piece brass band that was standing on that platform that many of you may know when you're coming and going from Casey Jr. There's the old uh, ticket booth that's there. There's that little area with a few tables that overlooks uh, Dumbo, one of the bravest rides you could ride on. And that little area, they had a six-piece band there and uh, they weren't wearing any sort of matching costuming. Not that they were bad players. It just didn't have Disneyland theming or magic to it. I could also say the same about the character meet and greet. So for me, this one was hardcore F because it just was hard to find the holiday vibes. And then one other rule to today, we're just not even talking about it's a small world. Accidents happen. The fact that it got flooded and they couldn't reopen it. We're just going to take it off the table because every company hits hardships. Every company makes mistakes. You would think Disney would know better, but we're just not even going to get into the Fantasyland uh, small world debacle. So that's why I gave it an F. Tony, you were a little bit nicer than I. Yeah. And by the way, thank God you made it. I'm so glad that you survived the small world flooding. That was quite a, quite a journey Ooh. that you had there. So swim out for my kudos. life. But uh, yeah, I, my uh, grade was a little little nicer. I gave it a, a D, um, but pretty much everything that you mentioned. Basically, I did a couple of laps around the perimeter for Marius Nights, and that Fantasyland was the one that felt the most like nothing had really changed. I was thinking the exact yes. same thing. I thought there would be, was it uh, Arndale, like the, is the kingdom, like yeah. some sort of backdrop or some sort of, of snow or more characters from frozen or, you know, the music, just like you said. Yeah. And there wasn't really any of that. And I just don't recall. I'm trying to like play it back in my head. And I honestly can't say that I recall anything other than that, that brass band, which was, they were good. Um, But I mean, in terms of like getting the crowd pumped or getting people into it, like it was just like, they were kind of just there and they would do a set and like five people will clap and then they would move on. And it was just, yeah, it seemed very um, like low energy, I guess is how I would put it. Yeah. What I would have preferred and, you know, here's some things you could have did on a a budget, the old holiday Chris castle show that could have been converted into something pretty easily. Sorry. I got a, a light that's flashing here. I apologize, everybody. Uh, that that could have been fixed pretty easily. But here's something that you could do that's affordable. That could have played some sort of Christmas music that sounds adjacent to the normal Fantasyland uh, background music that they play in there. That, that doesn't cost a lot of money, and that would have just changed it for these four hours. Something else you could have done that would have been very affordable if they wanted to make it truly feel like a frozen party. The Small World Promenade, just put some other characters over there. But imagine if for one night we didn't have King Arthur's carousel. I don't think anybody would be like totally screaming and broken heart if that carousel was full of characters. So you could essentially come into the heart of Fantasyland. 
There's Christmas music playing. There's characters all the way around that thing. And you could literally just walk around and see them in the heart of it. Like, and if they were kind of interacting amongst each other, the ones that are technically allowed to talk to each other, I don't know what the rules on all that are. I mean, they put all of the princesses and, and princes on, you know, floats and parades. But if you would have walked into the heart of that and seen, you know, like a character party, then that would have set the vibe for us that it was a party. But, you know, traditional fantasy land, pretty hard to find anything that was different. And then that little space over next to the small world, it's just kind of too far away and it had no vibe. There wasn't any specific music playing over there. Like to call that a party, it's more like people hanging out on their porch. 100%. And I even think about how it's a little bit of a missed opportunity where you could have done something with, um, you know, mad tea party where you have, you know, the lights going, you know, strobes or, or snow or something to that effect projections, right? Projections and music, crank it up, you know, make that area something that people want to go and check out what's going on over here. Oh, by the way, we also have characters right in front of mad tea party or in front of King Arthur's carousel, something to just give it that little extra bit of attention because yeah, I mean, the characters were so far from where that brass band was that like, I kind of like you, you actually refreshed my memory. Cause I was like, I don't even remember seeing characters. And then I went, Oh, wait a minute. That's right. They were all the way over by small world. And we saw Olaf at one point and then that jogged my memory. But if it's like, if I have to reach that far back to be like, did I even see any characters in Fantasyland? Probably a mistake. Olaf always jogs me. Uh, they did have a little meet and greet over by the holiday shop, like the tunnel that would take you over to uh, Snow White's Grotto, which heavy rumor that that's getting taken down for a new food stand called uh, Snow White's Grotto Gelato coming in 2022, sponsored by Bob Chapek. But then over in the Fantasy Fair, they did have Santa Claus, which was pretty cool. Um but yeah, overall, Fantasyland, it's a big footprint, which to me says you got to go a bit harder to make it feel like a Christmas party. The snowflake projections on the Matterhorn were great, but if I'm going to critique it through a designer's eye, instead of giving us ginormous graphic designed uh, you know, snowflakes that don't feel real, imagine if they were projecting on the Matterhorn like snowflakes like they do on main street and maybe even project like a snow cap on top of it that would have looked really cool to see like a a more realistic snowfall coming down on the matterhorn as we move over to our number five slot this is where me and boy wonder part ways tony i went first the last time uh because quite frankly i'm the most important person here but go ahead i'll, I'll let you share that honor right now okay uh so my next one was the uh, Frontierland, uh, Feliz Navidad uh, party, which I the mariachis were cool um, on seeing them up on the Golden Horseshoe because it's such a, a good focal point. Um, but other than that, I, I don't recall the the vibes um, being as prominent as some of the other lands. And I'm trying to think of like what else was going on besides that section. Can you refresh my memory? Do you, was there anything else besides that? No. There was okay. just the mariachi band up on top of the Golden Horseshoe and not a ton of uh, holiday decorations in Frontierland, but they do, for whatever reason, play a more classic American uh, Christmas playlist in there. Um, you know, 
some of that type of, uh, you know, mid-century type Christmas music, which adds a vibe to it. But yeah, the mariachi band was the only thing in there. Okay. Yeah. Cause that was, and that was the other thing too, is with the, the mariachi band is because of the, uh, Mark Twain with their jazz band. Yes. When it would come in at the same time that both were playing, uh, the mariachis would cancel out the jazz band instantly. Like the mariachis had a way better setup. Um, so their speakers were just blasting nonstop. And so I, I think it was even on my, I, I wrote the Mark Twain once at one point, like we got close to the dock and they kind of like stopped singing just to let them finish their set. Right. And then they kind of picked it up as soon as it was over. So that was kind of a big issue for me. Yeah. As my friend Jack Skellington would say, that's what it sounds like when two bands collide. So uh, not always the best si- sound. So you gave the Feliz Navidad party a C in Frontierland. Mm. I gave it a C as well. Uh, I thought it was good i really like seeing the band up there they had two different bands there was one where they were just wearing the traditional um costuming you know with the the flourishes and, and embellishments all over it and then the second band or maybe it was the same band different costume it's hard to tell uh the bad thing about putting everything up on a balcony is if you get further away you can see what's happening but you can't really like see it crystal clear because you're further away but the closer you get all you end up seeing is a handrail and you can't really see people's faces. It's kind of the problem that we experience over at the HQ building in Avengers campus. But the second group or the second costuming where they all had those big white sombreros on and they looked like the Tapatio dude, just, you know, eight times out on the balcony. (laughs) That was sick. And they, they sounded great. The music being there was awesome. I kept hearing a lot of people though saying, I thought we were going to see, uh, Miguel from Coco over there. And, uh, I didn't see that. I I really didn't see any characters other than the band up on the the stage top, which gets me over to what I actually had at number five, because I just gave you my four because we were both at a, a C I gave Adventureland a solid F. Um, I gave out two F's Fantasyland and Adventureland because, Two dudes that were really great at singing tropical-inspired holiday songs. Uh, They were good performers. But two dudes and one Christmas tree does not make a holiday party. And uh, Adventureland doesn't go hard for holiday theming. In my mind, I remembered that it did more, but then people reminded me, like, no, they just do the Christmas tree on top of the uh, station where you would go in and out uh, for the Jungle Cruise. That's a great Christmas tree. It's my favorite non-ginormous Christmas tree at the resort, but two dudes and a good Christmas tree is not a party. And I really thought that over in the tropical hideaway area, they might make more of a vibe, like just drape down some Christmas lights for the night. I know that I saw, uh, is it Lilo or Lilo? Lilo. Lilo. Never seen it. Don't care to. Uh, I, I saw her, which is a character you don't get to see a lot that jerk stitch you see all the time. And I don't like him there. He's a vandalizer and that's not how you treat Disneyland. I I think he should be removed from the premises permanently, but it just didn't feel like a party. So when I weighed out the two lands, I gave Frontierland a C because they had Christmas music and decorations and a mariachi band. When I look over at Adventureland, two dude, two good dudes in a sick Christmas tree is fun it's not a party and they could have easily 
did some projections or some Christmas lights or just some street performer or just something, you know, like if you would have went over to the tropical hideaway and they just had some Christmas trees up and draped out some lights and just had, you know, the music kind of bumping when those guys weren't playing on the rooftop, it would have been awesome. But to call that a party, that's a bit of a stretch. If they would have had the jingle cruise, would that have put it over the top for you? Do you think would that have bumped it up a bit? Yes. 100%. I, I paused because I got ready to curse. The Jingle Cruise would have been amazing. And if you could go on skipperless boats where you're just cruising through the jungle here and on an old broken AM, oh, you're listening to Disneyland Radio, Sound of the Jungle. Here's an old Christmas song for Andy Worms. That would be sick. Everybody would love that. I'm all about that. Next everybody, time. Next time. Everybody just did love that, Tony. Right? I mean, that's that's a, that's armchair imaginary at its finest. Could you see yeah. me up in Burbank? Like, yo, this is what you guys need to do. Like, get him out of here. What? Who invited this jerk? So, I've given you my bottom three. We're missing one from you, and it is. That would be Adventureland, which I believe I gave a C. Um, I was less critical than you. I definitely uh, see exactly what you're saying. And in hindsight, now that I think about it, I'm like, oh, yeah, because when I was there, uh, I spent a lot of time in the uh, what's the tropical grotto like behind the tiki room. Yeah, that's I forget the, the tropical yeah. hideaway. Yeah. Okay. The tropical hideaway. Yes. So that was the only. I had like a whole list of like, man, I gotta, I gotta get this exclusive treat. I gotta get this thing. I gotta eat this, and then I only ended up having one exclusive thing, which was the blue pineapple watermelon Dole Whip, which was really, really good. But um, I spent a lot, a lot of time just sitting in there eating it and enjoying the two dudes playing the Polynesian Hawaiian, mm. you know, Christmas music mm. and chilling out with Lilo off to the side and just having, you know empty tables nearby me was such a nice like change of pace that I was like, Oh yeah. Like I was vibing sitting in there. Plus I had Bengal barbecue uh, right after that. So oh. I think again, th- this is more of just my personal experience there at that moment. Yeah. But I think I got a little more out of it because I actually just sat and ate and spent more time in there and got to kind of soak it in a little bit more, but I totally uh, agree with what you're saying. They, yeah. They needed to do something extra. I feel like, because really, yeah, what's just those two dudes and Lilo. Uh, so you're telling me that the sugar was talking when you thought back on your nostalgia for it. And one thing that you bring up, two things that we don't evaluate on this countdown is merchandise and food offerings, just because I always want people to know what the events like, however much money you're going to spend when you get there, that's up to you. And, you know, I, I think, I think one of the biggest tears in the Disney community is people fight over value. And I'm under the premise of a dollar means something different to everyone. You know, some people, a dollar is a frivolous thing and, you know, it takes a certain pile of them for it to feel the pressure. And some people, unfortunately, are in a position where they have to count each and every dollar. So I don't really get into evaluating limited merch and food because uh, that's not the party. That's, that's spending more. And I like to just get it down to the base. So let's begin our top three. Uh, I see that we are at a dead tie 
We each have Tomorrowland as our number three, as we're working our way up to the top, Casey Kasem style, number three, Tomorrowland. But you gave it a B and I gave it a C. And I'd like to have a little friendly debate on why you thought it was better than, say, Adventureland. Sure. So, um, this is this is actually really interesting because we you were live streaming when you got over there and I caught up to you while you were live streaming. Yeah. And I feel like we both hit it right at the same time. Yep. And I think both of us were pleasantly surprised with how entertaining that setup was because really explain it to everybody. If, yeah. So basically the Tomorrowland theming, Buzz Lightyear theme, mm-hmm. everybody's favorite. Um Buzz Lightyear theme meant that they ended up having a DJ on the launch bay, not uh, carousel of progress launch bay s- stage that they use now or like upper level. And, so not, they had a DJ and, 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 with and, awesome and, and, uh, and, LED and, 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 Christmas and, trees and rigs and everything. Yeah, good. And also not American sings. America sings. That it was also yeah. America sings there for a while too. Yeah. So, but that's yeah. Those those days are long gone. So now it's launch bay, and now they have a DJ, and they have Buzz Lightyear, and they have a cool light show, uh, which honestly is a lot better than what it presently is. I think when we were, as we were walking away from that, I told you, I said, they need to have this 24 seven, like nonstop, because 100%. I will tell you what, I was really giving uh buzz light your theme, a hard time going in. And then I was pleasantly surprised because that DJ was awesome. They were engaging and seeing buzz Lightyear do like, you know, little moves and dancing yeah. and kind of going along with the show went a long way for really, if you just were looking at or listening to what we just said about uh, Adventureland, the same thing. It's really just two people on a stage with music, but their execution and how they, uh, how they did it for that particular land, it worked a lot better. It fit. And I just, I had an awesome time just standing around and taking it in. And I think one of my favorite moments of the night was actually they started playing the, the night at the Roxbury song, the, you know, what is love? And then I was listening to that bopping my head. And then I just walked onto space mountain and it was awesome. It was great. (laughs) So I gave it, yeah, I gave it a a, a B. I thought it was pretty cool. And like I said, they just need to have that 24 seven, especially like at, at nighttime when the lighting rigs that they had, it just adds so much to Tomorrowland that's desperately needed in my opinion. But yeah, so I was sold on it. What, what was your thoughts on that scene? So I, I, I gave it the same grade that I gave um, Frontierland, which was a C. And it goes down to this, like the mariachi band was great. Buzz Lightyear and the DJ was great. I love that they had those neon Christmas trees and they had the lighting going like like those installations were fantastic, but I'm grading the overall land vibe and the fact that when you went into Tomorrowland, there was nothing that made it feel like Christmas and you had to go to that back corner to find it. And I just kind of feel like the way that it was built, I was imagining each land celebrating Christmas. And I would feel like at the major entry points or arteries into these lands there would be something there that would make it feel that way uh and it was the basic Tomorrowland, you know background music until you got over to where buzz was now i agree with you 
uh, until they do something different with the Launch Bay building, and that's a huge piece of real estate that they're obviously holding on to for the perfect property at the perfect time. Like, I kind of agree with them just letting Tomorrowland be Tomorrowland right now because I can't think of anything that the corporation owns that's not properly represented. You don't want to have two Marvel areas. You don't want to have two Star Wars areas. It gets sloppy. There's already the Pixar Pier area. So I really think that Tomorrowland inside of Disneyland might be some of the most valuable real estate that the Walt Disney Corporation owns, bar none. So yes, using that ginormous building as a stage and they've been having the Disneyland marching band play like up and down uh, those massive like grades that you get up to the top. It was really, really cool in isolation. But when I look at the sum of all the parts, it was a pretty weak party overall. So I gave that my second C. So this is where our countdown maybe gets boring or maybe when our countdown gets to be two different people vote in a vacuum and we come upon the same consensus, we both hit New Orleans Square with a solid B. Why did you think that that one was easily uh, better than the, the the previous four? Yeah. So for one thing, obviously, New Orleans Square is probably just one of my favorite lands in Disneyland. Um, but to see it decorated... Um, just everything it was on like really a, like a three three level system I feel like there was something on the ground there was something in the mid-range and then something on top they had Tiana on a balcony um, it was just a really cool vibe and setup and it felt like like a legitimate New Orleans Christmas you yeah. know what I'm saying like I yeah. felt like they they nailed that theming and to your point about you know, lands having something uh, at the beginning, at the entrance and at the end, uh, not, you know, not something that's tucked away in a corner. I feel like New Orleans Square had that a, a little bit better than the other lands did, um, because I do feel like I that's something that I didn't even really think about when I was putting this together. But I kind of that reminds me of like the board game Candyland, mm. how each like little section has like a little build out. Right. Right. So that's I think what you would want for a Disneyland Christmas is, OK, it, there's going to be build out from the moment you enter that land to the end of that section. So it's like each, each land should have its own designated area um, with, with, with uh, something going on to, to keep your eyes, you know, moving and not just have the same old stuff. So I do think that new Orleans square did a really good job of having stuff where you can kind of look all over the place and there was something for everybody. And also I'm going to say that obviously the Mark Twain fits into this, um, and the Mark Twain is by was by far the biggest piece for me that uh, I thoroughly enjoyed during Marius Nights. So what are your thoughts? Yeah, the Mark Twain, if it was part of Frontierland, it would have made Frontierland like an unbelievable party. But New Orleans Square absorbs Frontierland in this and being able to see uh, a jazz band play on the Mark Twain was a Disneyland dream of mine. There's old historical footage of Louis Armstrong and, and other singers of the time playing on the Mark Twain. And when that you know that Walt and Lillian had their anniversary party on there uh, before Disneyland opened up, it just there's these things that you know have happened before. And you know, I've been able to relive some of my Disneyland wish list of getting to ride the people mover in Orlando, getting to go to Videopolis when they did it for the eighties party and putting jazz on the Mark Twain definitely uh, was just something so special that I was excited to experience 
Although from a design perspective, why they didn't put the band on the stage is beyond me. And people always say when I, when I give these suggestions, well, we're in a pandemic, Bricky. I'm like, go to Disneyland. They ain't worried about a pandemic. You look at a parade or a firework show and it's just everybody just, you know, packed in there like sardines. So either we're always in a pandemic or we're never in one. You can't pick and choose it when it's convenient for you. And unfortunately, putting the band on the tip on the front deck of the Mark Twain, uh, there's mechanical stuff in the core center of the boat. So you had four foot on the right and left side. And if I was more of a seaman, I would know what those things are. One's starboard and one's skippy. But you could barely see the band from those angles. And then on the second floor, there was one roll of people that was lucky to get the banister. And if you were one person behind them, you just could not see the band. Now you could enjoy the music from all around the Twain, but you know, you kind of want to be able to see it. And for those that aren't aware uh, the band that was playing, uh, that is the band that typically plays the Christmas music inside of Club 33. Very, very talented band. I know the lead singer's name is Mel. I don't have the notes in front of me. I think they were calling themselves something other than the Red Hots that night, but I've seen them in the club before. And Tony, uh, one of your most special Disneyland moments happened when Mel sang you a little song. Yeah, two years ago. Um, he took me to Club 33 for my 33rd birthday. And it was a total surprise moment, but yeah, she sang happy birthday to me. And I was like this close to crying. Uh, it was pretty intense, but when we were on the Mark Twain, listening to them play the Christmas songs, you turned to me and you're like, Hey, that's who sang happy birthday to you. And then it clicked in my head and I was like, Oh my gosh, yes, that that's her. Um, but that band is phenomenal. They're yeah. awesome. Yeah. So yeah, what a great night. And I did not take him to club 33. I was able to get him inside. We have a friend to thank for that. Uh, and mm-hmm. I don't want anybody <laughs> do not DM me. To- <laughs> no, no. The ship has sailed my friend quite literally. Ricky, can you do me a favor? <laughs> no. I need you to, I need you to get my family a 12 in the club. Yeah. Uh, those are the DMS that I gladly just go right past. So, I liked that a lot. And it was an amazing moment to get to relive a part of history that exists before us. And those of us who love the park, we love the history. That being said, I did wish there was a little bit more of a holiday vibe in New Orleans Square. Um, You do have the Haunted Mansion overlay, which is really, really great. And I don't know if you guys know this, but for Marius Nights, when you ride Pirates of the Caribbean, they change it to Ho, 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 A Pirate's Life for Me. And they all have Santa Claus beards on, which was really cool that they did that. But as far as the street side goes... It really looks Christmas magical all the time. And I think for this party, when I was evaluating, I was trying to think about what am I paying for that I can't get the rest of the time? You know, like why would you buy this ticket, which is more expensive expensive than a regular single day ticket or an addition to a pass that you may have already prepaid for or be making monthly payments on it. So New Orleans Square shines during the holidays um i was looking for maybe just a little bit more shimmer that's why i gave it a b but we're both in unison that the final party uh really 
the part that shined the most, as it does every visit to Disneyland, our sweet, sweet, blessed Main Street USA came through and came through in a big way. A's from both of us. Yeah, it was supremely magical. Yes. Um, it was it's the first thing you see when you walk in. Um, it's the last thing you see when you leave. And that particular area was just so chock full of Christmas that yes. you, I mean, you would have to be some kind of stone cold psycho to not have any feelings walking up and down that thing because it is, it's everywhere. And it's just like um, the music and the smells and the sounds, all of it, just people having fun. And, you know, it's, it's just a, it's like a moment in time that they've really done well. And you've mentioned this several times and it's hundred percent accurate is that it is the little village at the bottom of the, your Christmas tree train set. And especially with the projections that they, they nailed that. Yeah. That's what up the ante those projections put a life in the main street that we imagine is there, but it, it put it there even more like, man, seeing the couple dance in the windows it just it, it just hit me it hit me so hard the thought of you know a, a lovely couple just dancing and having an amazing like just like when we went i went to the park monday after designer con with some of our artist friends and it was a very rough day park was full things were not going our way the first half of the day it, it may be bounced around i don't want to give away a vlog that i'll be releasing soon but the thing that got me that day and the reason why I love the park, sometimes it has nothing to do with Disney. It has everything to do with the citizens of Disneyland, which is why that's such a big mantra of mine. We're coming through on a rough day. They're playing Christmas music and there was just a couple slow dancing to Christmas music in the middle of Main Street. And it just like literally I was talking to my friend Jeff, who looks like a serial killer, and it just made me start crying. Like I, I just literally, Oh God, that got me. And he's like, look at me. He's like, you all right, man. I'm like, dude, I'm telling you this place has a, has a hold on me. So those projections, Tony, I, I didn't mean to steal this from you, but it just, it's like, you know, when your grandpa has a classic car out in the garage and then he pulls the cover off of it and he washes it and he waxes it and he puts on like, you know, the perfect music from that timepiece, And it's like, it's optimal vintage and that that projection there it hit it there so hard yeah and it was victorian themed and boy did they nail that theming i mean it was truly over the top and i think you were even the one where uh you pointed out there was like projections that i was missing like because there's so much going on there's so much to look at um i think it was uh, above the penny arcade you're like do you see those people ice skating oh. and then i i had to look up and go oh my gosh they do have silhouettes ice skating above the penny arcade just just phenomenal everything top to bottom fantastic job and we haven't even gotten into the muppets yet mark so the muppet show that they have i have the note over here in front of me it is the muppets christmas caroline coach phenomenally executed it comes out on the omnibus faster than i thought any vehicle was allowed to go inside of disneyland they go up to the hub they do a lap and then they stop and they do a performance and on opening night I accidentally stood on the wrong side of the road and I got what uh, security officer Brian dubbed as the backside of Muppets, which is hilarious. 
And there was a cast member who, t- like, she saw me with my camera and they flew by me. And I'm like, what do I do? And she looks over and she goes, they're going to come back down. So for a while in my live stream, I just stood there. And then I realized, like, they're going to come back down in like 20 minutes. So I ended up walking down the street. And by then it was too late. And I really couldn't get a good shot of it or whatever. Well, I was at my second Marius Nights last night. And that cast member came over to me. And she's like, I'm so glad I saw you. I went to bed that night, like thinking about you. Like I told that poor guy, oh no, they're coming back down. She's like, nobody told us they were doing a full on performance down in the hub. That was a surprise to all of us doing operations. And I was like, oh no, it's no big deal. And she was so sweet that she felt bad. She's like, oh no, no, they're going to come back down. But to pass along her goodwill, last night I saw lots of people like standing and looking down the street. And I would walk by and be like, if you're waiting for the Muppets, they do three songs down there. It's going to be about 15 minutes. And I was like, thank you so much for letting us know that. Because if you get the backside of the bus, you're just standing there waiting for it to happen. And they rip three songs and do comedy like interludes between them. So they put on a full on show. And the way that thing is choreographed, you know, it's all pre-recorded. I don't know if you know this, Tony, but the Muppets are puppets. And uh, spoiler, it's it's like dead on. Like, I don't know. I mean, they're Jim Henson folks, right? So, of course, it's the best of the best. But it's so dead on and impressive to see the Muppets one take Jones live. Just nail it. Yeah, that was by far one of the most magical moments is seeing the Muppets IRL cruising around in Disneyland doing a show, doing Christmas stuff. And it wasn't just like, Oh, here's Kermit and Miss Piggy. Like they paraded out a bunch of Muppets and yeah. even seeing the cast members that were driving the omnibus, like rocking dancing out. and yeah. rocking out with that was just so great. Um, I only got to catch, like I saw it coming around the hub and I, I was like, Oh my God, it's going to like, tip over and fall onto Walt, but they were going really fast. I got to see it pass by once. And then I think both you and I saw them do uh, when Pepe was singing Feliz Navidad with the chicken with Gonzo's chicken. So good. And then we caught them at the very tail end of main street when they were finishing up uh, driving down main street and correct me if I'm wrong, Mark, but the Stadler and Waldorf, the two old dudes, them chiming in at the end of that. How good was that moment? So awesome. So It's really, it's imagine the whole way through. Like the show starts before you even see the bus because they do a little intro. They have jokes. It's really a a masterful use of Main Street USA as a runway and the hub as a stage, but also the sound system as a way to tell the story that goes along with the omnibus as it's coming up and down. It is really, really well done. If for whatever reason, Marius Knights is one and done, this will go down as one of those epic things where people are like, oh man, do you remember they used to do this? Like, Much like the the, the number one Christmas thing I, I beg them to bring back is when they used to put the star on top of the Matterhorn. You know, there's just so many chapters in the rich history of Disneyland where they do things that are just phenomenal. This easily goes in there and then they also do the uh, Christmas Fantasy Parade, which I think if you're looking at why this event works, you get to see that parade that's high in demand. It's a California Christmas tradition, and you get it with way less people. You know, you get it 
two rows on Main Street, not the five and six that can build up on a normal day. And then something a lot of people don't know that happens because it's blocked by the ginormous Christmas tree is the handbell carolers uh, line up on the stairs of the Main Street train station, where I believe they have maybe four or five women and men, Victorian clothing. They have the bells. And so they do some songs where they're just doing the handbells. Then they do other songs where they do caroling. And um, seeing them in that Victorian garb lined up on the steps in front of Main Street is really, really awesome. So, of course, Main Street USA always comes through, but it comes in real big this time, getting A's across the board from our panel. And the Christmas, the little Christmas tree in Walt's office, just such a fantastic nod. Um, yeah, it gets me every time. Yeah. So here's where we're at. Tony gave a total over the six different categories. His alphabetic ratings ended up being 15 points, which averages out to 2.5, which is a solid C. Uh, Mine were a little bit critical with two Fs in the bottom. I got to a total of 11 points, which equaled out to be a 1.8, which gives it a D plus. So as far as the parties go, I just didn't want to hit you with a grade. Tony was at a C. I was at a D plus. We weren't that far off on our feelings. Main Street, really, really awesome. Lots of fun little pockets of energy everywhere. But as far, far as promoting it as six different parties, it was a handful of different installations, which I think would be a more accurate way. And they were solid. They were good. Not one of those performances, other than the Brass Band and Fantasyland, lacked that much imagination. They were all really, really solid. It just to call it a party is a little bit of marketing overreach, a little bit of a stretch. Now, our next category that we don't have to spend this much time in is rides. Uh, I always tell everybody that if you happen to be a ride crusher and not a vibe chaser like I am, these nights sing for you, literally, because you can just ignore all this BS and just go rip rides. I was busy live streaming and and filming videos, so I don't get the luxury that a lot of other people do. But as I walked around, everything looked pretty easy. So, Tony, I gave it a B only because I think Galaxy's Edge and Critter Country should be open uh, and that you should have access to all of Disneyland for that price point. What did you give it? Yeah, I believe I gave that an A because in terms of... So again, I'm from Chicago. I flew out for this. Now, I am not inherently a ride crusher. I like going on the rides, but my rule is if it's over 30 minutes, ain't happening. So for me, um, who was kind of cruising around solo to be able to just walk on to pretty much anything and everything, it was awesome. Like I felt like if that's all you were there for is to go on rides, is it extremely expensive? Yes, but you will get your money's worth because... Disneyland is not as big as Disney World. You can definitely do pretty much everything in that span of time. So I feel like if that's what you're all about, if that you're, you want to make sure you're, you hit, you're hitting all those attractions, you are definitely going to get the most bang for your buck. Um, but yeah, absolutely. I will say, though, it was funny because I didn't know the day of uh, that Galaxy's Edge was off limits. So that was a huge um, 
you know, down vote for me. I was sure. like, come on, man. How could you not have, even if like, I don't even need it themed, like just have it open where I can go in there and there's not a whole lot of people because really that is the whole aspect of the ride crushing is that it's, you know, there's reduced capacity. So you can go on whatever you want, whenever you want. Um, so to not have galaxy's edge, that was a huge letdown. Uh, but overall being able to walk on anything is always fun. So, yeah, as I ripped around doing my complete lap, everything was easy to get on. And in fact, you know, if I were to not live stream one of these parties, I feel very confident I could do a vlog where I could show you that I rode everything that was open during that four hour window. Yeah. Also too, um, obviously they handed out these sweet lanyards that both of us are wearing. Um, and it was a, a nice little added bonus of like going on rides that are in the dark portions of it. Yes. And you get to see it lit up with everybody's lights on, like riding big thunder with everybody wearing these is kind of an experience. It's kind of a vibe. Yeah. And also just seeing citizens of Disneyland moving in all directions with their Christmas lights on is, is really cool. The next category that we judge was the overall vibe. We took the parties in a different category, obviously rides is a different category, but overall vibe, I gave it a B. Um, I am a vibe chaser. There were lots of vibes there. I, I had lots of very amazing Disneyland memories that I remember forever. And to me, that alone was worth it. That's what I care about the most. I do give it a B though, just because it was a little stretched out and sparse, but you know, I don't want this to sound overcritical because like the Muppets is epic. And then walking into Tomorrowland and it doesn't feel like Christmas isn't epic. But when I judge those out overall, the Muppets and the projections and the jazz band, those moments are so intoxicating that you can kind of forget that there's things that aren't missing. But if you're going to review something, you have to have a critical eye. So overall, I give it a B uh, and it could easily with like, I don't expect them to spend a ton of money. I just expect them to spend a bit of effort. And if you gave me the the Disney Parks team, I'd say, this is how you could go from a B to an A, and it's going to cost you less than $10,000. You know what I mean? Like, I, mean, it, I don't think that they're that far away from an A is my uh, takeaway. You're not wrong. I think there's definitely things that they can do uh, for next year to improve it, make it better, um, take some of the things that you know were crowd pleasers and implement them for next year, add on to it, do more theming, whatever you got to do definitely get these ratings up but uh if i believe i gave it a c um you gave which, it a b you gave the oh, I did give it a b. B. okay okay yeah. i'm looking at the wrong thing okay so i did give it a b good um because i was just going to say for all those reasons that you just mentioned um it really was um it was good like it was it was really good i had an awesome time um and again as somebody that came in from out of town uh you know i have a magic key I paid the extra, I think it was like $175, which is a lot of money. That's a lot of money. Um, but I still enjoyed myself. I had a great time. I got to do rides. I got to do vibes. I had a couple little snacks here and there. But overall, it was good. It was definitely a good time. But that is the word that we've been throwing around here a lot is good. Yeah. Not great. Good. Yeah. Um, and if you're a family of four or more that changes and you're it. spending yeah, $175 or if you're flying in from out of state, this might not be the event for you. 
Well, let's move over to our final category, which is going to be the most debatable one. And I think that this is truly an individual path. We graded value. Uh, like, what is it worth for the dollar? I'll tell everybody mine, and then I'll have you go independently of me, because we are different here. I gave it a B, and I'll tell you why I gave it a B. Vibes are what matters to me. And if you could tell me, hey, you pay this much money, you get a quiet park during the Christmas, that's worth something to me. You tell me you pay this amount much money and you get once in a lifetime experiences that aren't available during normal times, that's worth something to me. You tell me I'm going to go there and it's going to give me the Christmas feels and make me feel the holiday spirit on top of something that's normally pretty close to being holiday perfection, that's worth something to me. So I gave it a B. The first night was $175. I want to break this down to everybody. They raised the price. A tier six ticket is now $164. So it's $10 more than a day at Disneyland. But Bricky, if I pay $164, I can go from rope drop to midnight. That's true. But I guarantee you, you can get more done in this window than you can on rope drop to close because you could literally crush this park. I give it a B. Uh, Other people might differ from me because they have different agendas or their money is different than mine. And if you're into photo ops, merch and treats, that stuff takes a lot of time. I don't care about any of that. Disneyland photographers are not good. I don't go to these things to eat food. I don't need merchandise because I'm a very picky shopper. I go there for the vibes. I'm a household with no kids. Me and my wife both work. We both make good money. So for me, solid, solid B. That's my unique value. Don't tell me I'm wrong. You can't tell me what my money's worth. And that's why I'm not telling you what it's worth to you. I'm just simply giving it to you from my perspective. Tony? What says you? Uh, this was the one I gave a C, correct? Yes. Sorry, I don't have it in front of me. Okay, this How is what I gave a C. You? How dare you? You know, I pay you I pay you nothing to do this, and this is what I get? How dare you? Yeah, I'm so unprofessional. Sorry, guys. But yes, I did give it a C. And uh, basically, everything that Mark's saying, like uh, in terms of vibes themselves, yes, it, it's great and everything. But for somebody like me who's out of state, um, I just thought it was okay. Like it was great. Um, but you know, it, it could have been a little bit better. And that being said, I do feel like, uh, my biggest critique, and this is something I mentioned to you while we were in the park is I had a lot of frustration, uh, trying to figure out like what the deal was for exclusive food or when this was happening, one of the Muppets coming out this and that I, I was, I posed this to Mark, basically my, observation was how difficult is it to implement something in that in the disneyland app where soon as you log into the home screen it recognizes your location is in the park it's an, at an after hours event so you can only be there for marius nights um boom here is every every exclusive food item here is every exclusive shopping item this here is yeah this the brochure but digitally because what, right. what Disney needs to make up their mind. Are we always on our phones or are we not on our phones? And the brochure could have easily been digitized. And if I'm not mistaken, a lot of the limited edition treats 
suddenly aren't available during mobile ordering. So you train your consumer to act one way, but when it's an after hours party, ah, 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 it's like, you know what it is, Tony? They just don't want to spend the money to update the system for these events, which, you know, charging for something, you kind of, you know, it gets into a weird, like, counting nickels spot. Like, are you here for the ultimate customer service or are you here to make every dollar? Like, obviously, they're going on the later. Yeah, man. It's, uh, it's just kind of a weird conundrum because I literally... I dug all over the app. I'm like, okay, like I think this place has something exclusive. I would have to like dig into menus, like go into that. I would like click on that location, look at their actual menu. And then exactly like a lot of them, you couldn't pick that exclusive food item for mobile order. Right. You had to physically go walk up and, and order it, which I thought was kind of weird. So that kind of, and again, so, I mean, I guess that's kind of on me for not grabbing a brochure as I walked in, but yeah, in the age of everything is on the phone, we're all about convenience and making things quicker. Uh, seems like a no-brainer to me. I heard so. a rumor, though, next year they're doing Santa Plus. So Santa Plus, you pay more money, and you get to go over into the Rudolph lane, and you can just kind of go through things ever faster. So this is where it comes down to. Uh, I gave them on rides a D. Tony gave them a C, or I'm sorry, on the evaluation of the parties. I gave the parties overall, when you averaged out my scores, it ended up being a D on the parties. Tony was at a C. Rides, I was at a B. He gave it an A. On the vibe, we were both locked in at Bs. And on value, I gave it a B. Tony gave it a C. Would make sense. We both have different amount of money invested on this me going 13 miles, you going 13 states. So that all makes sense. We got it pretty close in the end. I came up with a total of 10 points. You came up with a total of 11 points, which would go over to be given it a 2.5, which would be a strong C. You had 2.75, which would be a C plus, which funny, all of this gets me back to the video that I made before I went in there that I said, who is this perfect for? I don't know. But as I broke it all down, my assertion was this. This is an event for people that have more time than money. And that estimation was dead on the nose. And if I got it wrong, I tell you I got it wrong. I, I'm not Nostradamus. But that's what it is. It's, an, it's a convenience event, right? If you want to see a couple of extra things... But if you want to get a quieter version of the park and if you want more intimate Christmas vibes, it's great for you. Just don't go there expecting too much different because really what you're paying for, I think, is that VIP lightning lane park where the Christmas vibes, uh, all the quiet spots, all the attractions, like everything is open to you. It's a pretty VIP experience. That being said, there is room for improvement. So I think C for the inaugural run is pretty solid. What says you? Yeah, I'm going to agree with that 100%, um, especially just because, uh, yeah, there, there were little things that could have been improved that could have, that could be implemented that can, you know, bump it up over the edge. Um, but yeah, it, it's still a great time. You're Like, you're not going to have a bad time there. You're going to have a great time with the people that you're with and whether that's, uh, you know, crushing rides or chasing vibes, it's up to you to choose your own adventure at Disneyland, Marius nights, but either way it works. And you could do both. I, I did both and, uh, I got to go on rides and I got to hang out and, and uh, 
crush vibes and that was good too but you know i was just thinking about how isn't it weird that two of uh the moments that stick out most in my head is right at the tail end of the night we shut it down and one of them was getting to see santa claus yep um in fantasy land and then the other was as we were leaving on main street um over by uh, the opera house they had the um scrooge mcduck and uh goofy uh jacob marley which are really really cool and i was like why am i just seeing this now the jacob marley goofy costume is probably the best sculpted character i've ever seen in disneyland yeah it was great so for those two things to happen at the very end of the night and again i did you know i probably three four laps around that place and it took until both of us were literally done for the day and like already kind of you know just waiting out the the crowds a little and then to head out and then we see santa Dolph lundgren santa the the most built santa you've ever seen and he was just there bringing cheer to all the girls and boys and then we got to see a different santa spoiler alert there's multiple santas they're santa variants yeah yeah uh dr strange has totally opened up this wormhole and we're now we're all we're all gonna have a very wild christmas uh seeing santa claus was way more special than it is most holidays just because we didn't get to see him last year. And so it really reminded us of the distance traveled. And and ultimately when I was reviewing this, I was trying to keep in mind, like what is this party? Because I, you only get to go one time or you only have one, sorry, you only have one first time is what I'm going five times, but you only get one first time. So I try to get in my mind, what was it like the first time I went there and not last night on the second time. And also there'll only be this year, hopefully where you're coming in out of the darkness of 2020. And so I try to not let those two things cloud my vision and really summarize it for all of its parts. Friends, I hope you have enjoyed this evaluation of Marius Knights. Uh, let us know below. What do you think? It's too expensive. All right, fine. That's your opinion. But we didn't harp on that. We kind of gave you all the different ideas, the summary of its parts. Are you going? Have you been? Do you plan to go? Will you be back next year? Would love to know. Always enjoy reading all of your comments. But don't compliment Tony, only me. Uh, Coming up in part two for members of the Circle of Trust. Nope, Club 1313. That's where we're at, Tony. That's where we're at, Club 1313. 1313. We are going to do some bonus content where Disney Plus Day was also last weekend. We both got to step into a blue carpeted Disneyland. That was wild. We're going to talk about some of the new projects that are coming that way, as well as touch on some of the current events only available for members of Club 1313. So if you're here, please leave a comment. Uh, give this video a thumbs up if you're enjoying the podcast. And if you don't mind, subscribe to the channel. And if you want more, of this content as well as becoming part of a very fun community. Tony, every day you were there, you were able to hook up with buds. So even though you came out solo from Chicago, you're no longer alone inside of Disneyland, my friend. Yeah. I don't know if uh, you guys know this, but Mark is a very busy man. So a lot of times he's filming or working, doing other things. He was working designer con, which he did a tremendous job with. Thank you. Um, so he was, you know, he's working and I totally get it, but, Man, oh man, how awesome is it to have a speed dial of just instant friends that are all on the same wavelength, enjoy the parks like you do. And I ripped the park with a lot of good uh, buds that I've met before, some new buds 
that I had met before. And now we're all old friends and we're just, I can't wait to, to the next time that I'm out at the Disneyland resort to see them again. Yeah. It's so awesome to see all that come together. And, um, it's fun being me and being busy and making all this stuff. But sometimes I'm like, man, I wish I could just get to enjoy it like everybody else does and we're having our thanksgiving dinner thursday at downtown disney so i'm very much looking forward to getting together because on that day i just get to be somebody else in the bud and not be like you guys have fun i gotta go do all this stuff uh so i always look forward to those moments all right tony what do you say let's get into club 1313 right now and if you would like to join us hey step over to club 1313.com we'd love to have you <laughs> 